Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to another Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And this week, as has kind of been normal of late, we are all over the place. I am up north in Canada. Alex hanging out down in the southern U.S. Tim, who knows where Tim is? We don't really care where Tim is. He's just unfortunately here. Uh, uh, (laughs) Sorry, you broke broke wind? Come on, Tim. That's (laughs) Uh, but yeah, we are now officially in 2021, guys. And just as we warned everybody, just because 2020 is over, it doesn't mean that the, the 2020 stuff stops on January 1st. Everybody's still dealing with a lot of the same things, but at least we got through 2020. We can say we all survived 2020, which is which is something. Can we talk about how so many of um, the like world-ending movies took place in 2021 like is, is that mad true max i am legend yeah the first mad max was i am legend in 2021 yes and it uh the movie started off with a vaccine failure <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh man oh my god oh why that's would you say great. that that's terrible this <laughs> is wild uh, guys, just <laughs> reading an article about how people are warming up to the idea of the vaccine, and that someone's just going to be like, "But wait, I am legend." If Will, we're going to die Smith. because of the premise of a Will Smith movie, I wish it was a better Will Smith movie. I wish it was Independence Day. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I wish it was just aliens finally showed up and just to, like, dude, I, I watched. Like that's maybe a thing. <laughs> Dude, I so Becky is like, which I did not realize until recently, is like a UFO like freak. Like she had a an experience, she said, uh, where she like viewed not like abducted by aliens or anything, but like saw something in the sky while walking the dogs at night that she could not, under any normal pretenses, explain. And she explained it to a friend of ours who said, that's so crazy. My grandmother had an experience where she saw something in the sky. And what she explained to Becky that her grandmother had explained to her was almost identical to what Becky had said. So, like, that's kind of trippy. So, Becky's, like, always kind of been on this thing. So, we watched this documentary that we found on Apple TV about about UFOs or whatever. And, man, there for sure are aliens out there that have come, <laughs> to, the, come to the Earth and done some stuff. Like, it is wild when you watch this thing. So, yeah. And, like, there's this one story of this UFO actually landing. It's, like, the only one of all these different accounts that, that are all explaining something something very similar where it actually landed. It was in Zimbabwe in their in mid nineties and all these school children saw it and like ran up to it. Cause it was right outside their school. And this, this creature came out of it and they were all looking at him and it's like, he was communicating through his eyes and these like 30 different children all had the same feeling and the same thoughts. And this alien was trying to tell them, you guys are ruining the planet. Technology's bad. 
you got to do this, this, and this to make sure you don't like blow up your earth, basically. And all of these kids left that like two minute encounter or whatever with the same thoughts in their head, like, oh, I think we're ruining the planet. And they were like 12. So if, if an alien was trying to impart that knowledge, and they've, they've, they apparently have been watching us long I, enough to I, I realize what we're doing. I understand exactly where you're going with this. Go I to the UN! You know enough to be able to impart this. You know what we're doing. Yes. You've clearly been watching. Why would you go Tw- tell a bunch of 20, 26th graders in Zimbabwe <laughs> is not the group that I would have gone to. I agree. I understand that. Uh, but yeah, there's some, like all this stuff around Roswell, obviously, and whatever. Uh, but no, it was, it, I don't know, man, like you watch, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist in the slightest, but you watch it and it definitely makes you think a little tiny bit. So Alex, I can't tell if your face is your normal disapproving Alex face, or this is skeptical of this. Oh, I'm going to be honest. Um, I was reading, uh, a bourbon, <laughs> um, but, but I'm, I'm all for aliens. I don't know that they've necessarily, you know, had influence on, on, 12-year-olds or UN officials or <laughs> When you whatever. say it like that, it sounds way worse. But, but like, <laughs> but potentially. Um, but, but here's the thing. I am just so proud of this podcast and the three of us that in a seven-day period, we go from arguing about condiments on a hot dog. Oh, and we're, we're, gonna, we're not done with hot dogs. Discussing the, the presence of aliens on planet Earth in 2021. We are just we just a preview. We're not we, done we, with hot dogs we yet. We're, we're taking a break. Touch all the bases. I want to talk about coral reefs at one point. I'm in. Um, hey, I'm a big <laughs> diver. I'm all about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, James's favorite shirt that he wears all the time has to do with uh, aquariums. I mean, uh, shark suits, like chainmail shark suits. But yeah, okay. If you want to be, but a they also sell it. aquarium aquatic piece parts. I don't think they sell aquariums, but I don't think that's, I think it's ne- like dive gear. Neptune, right? Neptunic. Neptunic aquariums. This is, yeah, this is fascinating stuff, guys. Debating a shirt yeah. that well, not only you. can they not see, he's not even wearing it right now. Well, let me yeah. tell you that, that, that <laughs> Neptune's aquariums in Hialala, Florida, that's a thing. That doesn't sound right. I, 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 that might be a thing. I'm going to guarantee that's not how it's pronounced. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I don't Florida know what you mean. Some tricky names. <laughs> I just oh will boy! Guarantee right. that's not how it's pronounced. So we've reached 2021, and 2020 is already rearing its ugly head because it's been in the racing news that it's looking like, or the rumors are being floated, the possibility of some races you know early on in in seasons both in indycar and f1 being postponed to later in the year um they're talking about you know on our side st pete and barber maybe moving back Uh, f1's already talking about pushing the australian grand prix back so i mean i personally think that these are great ideas you know because as much as we've learned a lot about getting through race seasons through last year We've also learned that we could probably do it better if we wait a little bit. Long Beach was already pushed back to September, which is going to be which we talked about, which I still think is all. I think ending the season in Saint or in uh, Long Beach is going to be incredible. But um, no, I think it's I think it's I personally think it's a smart move. It sucks that the off season gets longer and we have to wait longer to go racing, but at the same time, if it means we get to do it 
once more people have been vaccinated and we can have more fans and all the rest of it, I'm I'm for it. I don't know how you feel, Alex, but I'm I don't hate the idea. So so here's the thing. I mean, I I am I am for whatever changes need to be made in order for us to have all of our races with fans. So if that means we start racing in July and race for 11 weeks straight, I don't care. Right. So, right. So in, in, in whatever scenario they feel that's best, because at the end of the day, you know, it, I, I don't think any of us really realized how much of a fan centric sport motorsports is. And it makes a huge difference. And the fact that we got through 2020 in the way that we did, we've talked about it before on this podcast is, is a testament to, 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 to Roger is a testament to the promoters is a testament to everyone kind of trying to work to together teams. to the teams working together. I, I mean, for I think it was goal. mainly me, but yeah. Okay. Shut up, Tim. Um, <laughs> you are but, so non-essential, <laughs> but they, but they shouldn't necessarily have to be in a position to do that every single year. That shouldn't become a normal expectation. Right. For sure. So, for, for fans to be at the events to support the races and to su- support the, the, the promoters and the events, I think is very important. So I'd love to see that in, in whatever schedule changes are necessary to make that up. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about it, like it was St. Pete weekend when we got shut down last year. So as much as like we're into the new year, we're not even 12 months on from when this kind of started for us. And so the, the rate at which I think everything has improved and, and I mean, uh, improves the wrong word, uh, has developed, you know, and, and vaccines and everything have been created and all the rest of it uh, in kind of under 12 months from when we were really affected by it as a series. You know, I, I think that's that's monumental and it's huge. And so um, if it means we have to make a few more adjustments for the 2021 season, but then from then on out, we can kind of go back to a full normal. Uh, yeah, giddy up, man. I'm just I'm just excited to get back into a race car at, some point in the future well so for st pete the push to delay would have to be coming from indycar right because no florida doesn't care about events no because from what i've heard like the promoters also i don't know that they're for it but they're not opposed to it because the more time that gets built into before the first race is just the more people that are going to be protected and and the more open people are going to be to having events with a bunch of people yeah that makes sense makes sense for them there's no, yeah. there's no downside to it. And cause even since we raced there back in October, like everything's gotten worse, right? Like cases and everything haven't gone down since then. So it's probably a, still a tough sell to try to get, you know, people in the doors and whatever. But if, uh, if like you say, if you build in that time to get more people, you know, better and vaccinated or whatever, then yeah, uh, it's probably better to delay it now when the barriers aren't up. As opposed to last year, oh, when sure. everybody oh, yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's over a million dollars to build a, a street course. Yeah. So once once it's built, you need to be having the race. Although like, I mean, last year they can't. didn't, right? I mean, you guys no, were all there, no. and they almost went bankrupt because of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, so I'm, yeah, I'm sure the promoters are again. open to delaying it rather than doing that again. I'm sure. And you got to think so that I mean the company that promotes St. Pete Savory Green, they also promote Toronto, Mid Ohio, and Portland. And Toronto and Portland both didn't happen. Yeah. And Mid Mid Ohio at least did run with fans, but you got to think they had, you know, fit, until St. Pete got rescheduled, they were looking at three quarters of their business gone, you know, from from that. Now, luckily, they got St. Pete in at the end of the year, but still, fifty percent of their races didn't happen, and that's a that's a huge toll on that company, and especially with the the, the added cost of having to kind of rebuild the St. Pete track 
from March to uh to September. So it's uh yeah, those guys did a great job in, in keeping everything pointed in the right direction and man, I, I just can't wait to get back to some of these places that we didn't get to go last year, like Toronto and like Long Beach and Detroit, you know, all those street circuits. And in Portland and Laguna, like all of them. I mean, it was there. There's not a, there's not a race that we missed, but yeah, I say there's not a race <laughs> that we missed that I didn't want to go to. You hate Barber. Shut up. <laughs> That's <laughs> the funny. one place you were hoping never came back on a schedule. True. When we tested there after the repave, it actually, I thought was way way better. Well, yeah, because it just had like infinite amount of grip. Like it was like driving a video game, dude. That that track was so gnarly at that test. Will like, it still be first... like that, or will it will that fade pretty quickly? Honestly, like it's still in, in April, it'll still be like that. I think. Yeah, because there's not that much stuff is running right. Like not a lot of things, not as much activity happening as normal. And, and so, so far, it's not the winter down pretty mild. So I don't see yeah. weather really. But like that, because it was a it was a yeah yeah. I still think it's gonna be like like wicked fast like track record breaking in every session and it's going to be neck breaking in the every race session yes for sure <laughs> and the worst part about barber and we joked about, we joked about this when we were testing there right so so indycar they set up the timing lines uh during test sessions or even practice sessions and qualifying sessions on race weekends the timing line to start and end your lap for the official timing and scoring is right before pit in it's not at the start finish line. And the reason for that is um, during the, the sessions on a race weekend, your in lap essentially counts, right? You save a lot of time where normally if you cross the, the start finish line to end your lap and end the session, you get the checkered flag, then you dawdle around on an entire lap going slow before you come into the pits. That can cost a lot of time if every session, every series is doing that over the course of a day at a race weekend with multiple sessions. So they put the timing line right before pit in. So you finish your last hot lap and you dive straight into the pits. And so at Barber, the 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 two corners, the three corners, I guess, preceding pit in and the timing line are like the three fastest, most physical corners on a track. And at that particular test, we were we were gridded in like the first five pit stalls in pit lane. So you're you're like you're, you're on a qualifying run, right? So you're three or four laps, absolutely ten tenths, like just saving your life, holding your breath around the whole thing. You go through these last three corners, which are super tough, fast, fourth, fifth gear, so physical. You dive into pit lane. You have three seconds on plc before you pull into your box and the and the team plugs in the radio and the engineer's like all right so how was that run and you're just going <sighs> the run was it was a little bit it's the most embarrassing oh, me. in the world like i try and like just hold my breath and have the utmost amount of pain <laughs> get like my first couple sentences out and what i used to do is I would unplug the intercom system and like do a <gasps> and then like plug it back. <laughs> keep talking. But the, the cable now is like so big and bulky you can't do that. <laughs> so I unplug it from my suit. <laughs> I gotta start doing that. I like, you I do, like you that sound... your guys' concern is that somebody would know that you've you've well, no, exerted you sound, yourself no you sound like an amateur when it's like so and they're just like so how was the car and you're like 
Well, to turn one and two, you know, there was a there was a bit of entry under steer and <gasps> and three yeah. and four, and you can't even think straight. It's just everything's going to shit. Like it's just not it's not good. So like it, it's, it's so, so nice hard. they plugged it in. I love it when my guy fumbles and like can't can't get it in. So I like try and rapidly like recover my heart rate a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. You know how it is, Tim. Like even when like you're walking. Like up a slight hill. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying <laughs> when you're walking up a slight hill and you're talking to someone. Yeah. The more you're talking and walking, like it gets awkward when you're like having to struggle to keep. Oh no, your I get time. it. It's just like right. I feel like everybody listening understands. Well, <laughs> they don't. They do. But like it's, right, right, right. Yeah, I'm thinking about the people listening on the timing stand. They understand, but it still makes you just feel like you're not. You feel like you're getting judged, right? You feel like they're understanding, like, man, this guy's really out of shape. He's like, we literally go to the gym every day. We train super hard. And all of us are doing that. Like, we get in the engineering office. And we're like, are you guys uh, a little bit puffed out when you come in the pit box? It's like, yes. And you're like, thank God. Can't speak. It's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did. I did learn your unplugging. The suit trick, which I am now going to employ when we go to Barber. It's just as much as I enjoy brutal. hearing you guys talk about being winded, um, and I do. It's, that wasn't sarcastic. <laughs> I enjoy it. Uh, we have a guest today. We do. Um, as you guys know, Kinda. we film on Tuesdays. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a guest. He's a he's a frequent guest, but he's still. <laughs> um, he's he a, he's an he occasional co-host. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as as you guys know, we, we usually record on Tuesdays, and uh, which is which it is today, and which means that yesterday was Monday, and Monday apparently is Bachelor Night, and uh, I learned this through the Twitterverse, uh, not because you know I follow any network that that was talking about the Bachelor or anything like that. I learned because our dear friend Connor Daly decided to tweet about a former interest of his being a competitor on the season's bachelor. And um, the, the said tweet kind of to paraphrase, cause I don't have it up in front of me right now was which one of you can guess the latest bachelor contestant. I booked a ticket to Hawaii for, and she never showed up type of thing. Uh, yeah. Basically, he he bought a ticket for a girl to Hawaii to go on a vacation, a couple's vacation with him and another couple. She never came, and four years later, she is now on The Bachelor. So, which is quite possibly the most Connor Daly story I've ever heard. But I don't know if that, I mean, like, if she's excelling in her life or if she's still <laughs> at the point where yeah, she's not showing is up this for a flight. I don't. Is this a step up or a step back for her? I, I'm not don't sure. Know. It might be a la- Connor like, might be a lateral move. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> getting stood up for a date is one thing. Like, let's say you've you've booked a restaurant. Like, all you're really on the hook for is maybe like parking for the car, you know. But he booked her a flight to hawaii and she kind of on him didn't get on it that's very much on him i think well okay it's on her for standing up but come on tim tim why don't we find out what her excuse was as to why she didn't get on the plane because i think think he needs to text her now and find out i think our listeners will get a crack out of that because um (laughs) let's just say planning isn't isn't one (laughs) strong suit (laughs) 
Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Connor Dan. So Connor, first of all, um, it wasn't Welcome back. It wasn't six years ago you got stood up to go to Hawaii. It was like f- four. All right, let's let's assume, even though I'm sure everybody here, everybody who listens to this show also follows Connor on Twitter, and if they don't, they should start. But Connor, you tweeted out while watching The Bachelor. See if you can guess which of these girls I paid for a flight to go to Hawaii. And then she stood me up or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, right? Yes, it, it, it was uh, 2014. So, Alex, your timing is wrong. Uh, <laughs> I No, I knew you when this happened. I know. I was racing GP2. Uh, this is 2014, very long time ago. You guys did know each other before. So, wait, so wait. This is the original girl that stood you up to go to Hawaii because there was another girl. <laughs> You and I oh, there was. James. There was another girl. There was I, you know, another girl. I thought girl. the timing was weird. Right? Yes, but now that makes sense. There was a second there one. There was another one that stood him up. And it was <laughs> it was a good friend of James and Connor, who you guys went to his wedding a little bit ago. She stood you up for their vacation. Remember? She did? Oh. So four were, years ago, we've established ago. now, was when this happened. Yes. We had, we had some so offline met, debate though, and offline checking of the IPL. Um, okay, so anyway, we'll go so, back to the original DM slide of 2014. I met this young girl. <laughs> uh, I was 23. She was 20 at the time. Uh, I was like, hey, uh, she lo- liked music. And I went to a Halloween A lot in common. A lot in common. Music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, do you guys also eat? <laughs> yeah, big fans of food occasional yeah, sustenance you know breakfast lunch and dinner yeah one to four meals a day yeah so <laughs> like to sleep at least once a night yeah it's almost like six to eight hours at a time so it's, to be yeah to be fair i'm surprised you guys aren't married based on how much you guys have in common <laughs> you know what cool i'll see you guys later it's clearly it's the, uh, short content week for you guys the yeah thanks for coming week. on with like an hour's notice connor <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, I no, never honestly, get invited except to be made fun of. No, so tell cool. tell us tell us the story. Tell us how it goes down. Uh okay, fine. Since I'm getting interrupted every single time, 2014 met her, uh, brought her to a dead mouse show, Halloween, great time, really enjoyed this person. Very nice lady, I will say. Very nice lady. I think I was used for uh <laughs> for, for a certain reason. I think she wanted a like a sign that uh, to be autographed by the dead mouse. And I obviously made that happen because I'm a nice man. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I don't know whether we were in and out of touch. I have our old text messages, but I don't know. I, it's hard to hard to follow. Um, so you're obviously not going to reveal who this is, right? 
Not, I mean, I think if you, you can probably put two and two together, but <laughs> there's in 2016, I decided for some reason, I don't remember life at all. I think I, I think I, I might've had more concussions than I know of, but uh, 2016, we definitely had uh, a trip to Hawaii planned with dead mouse's wife. Uh, he was playing a show there, but I was going to go a couple days early cause I'd never been to Hawaii. So I talked to this girl about it. Uh, she was all in loves, loves Hawaii and loves Halloween. And it was what Halloween again. Fun. Like I think this was again a Halloween show, uh, and uh, planned it out. All looked good, and I booked her uh, a flight with you know with my own hard earned money at the time. <laughs> I was a rookie in IndyCar. Felt great about a zero dollar salary in 2016, uh, and you know what? It was it was time to go. And uh, looking back on the messages now. She's like, oh, I can't get off work. <laughs> and I got to wash my hair. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so that was it. I, I, I never heard from her again. So did you did you still go on the trip? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, okay. I went to Hawaii and walked around for two days by myself uh-huh. um, because Joel and Kelly, Dead Mouse and his wife, they did not get in until like closer to the show. Um so yeah, you know what? And honestly, like it was like as if this woman completely disappeared from the world. Like I didn't even know she existed anymore. Like So did you not just, did you had you forgotten about her until you turned on The Bachelor last night and there she it was? It was I turned on that show and it was as if I saw a ghost. I spit out water <laughs> immediately. My heart started beating as if I saw like as if like the ghost of Christmas past had just showed up to my front door. Like so, it, so Connor, I think I think the the biggest question that people want to know, other than of course the identity of said wonderful, lovely girl, uh, is what were you doing watching The Bachelor by yourself on a Monday night? See that part of the story did not confuse me at all. That one I was like, See, yep, checks out. <laughs> that worries me too because that makes me feel like you're doing the same thing no i i have not seen the bachelor but i know connor's been a fan because connor you want to be on it right you know it wouldn't be if most of my career collapses and i have no other choices in my life then yes absolutely i would love to be the bachelor <laughs> um uh, i would watch no, that season oh my god absolutely <laughs> it'd be the best season of bachelor history I mean, four of us are reality television show people. So we, you know, we've been on there. there. We've seen what happened. Yeah, Dancing with the Stars, Amazing Race, Connor, your bachelor, me. I've been on Cops a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Huge. Wait, so Connor, obviously like Bachelor would be ideal, but would you go on The Bachelorette and try and uh, fight against 20 other dudes for some lucky lady's love? So according to the research I've done, that is the necessary path. You can't just show up to be the bachelor. Ah, uh, okay. So, so you gotta lose. You gotta lose on the bachelorette. You gotta come second on the bachelorette. Be like, be, be like America's favorite. Yes. Yeah. People right. Love not. Not. Guy. You don't want to be Lindsay's favorite. You want to be America's favorite. Yeah. Come second or third, and then now, you get invited. Here's, to here's a question. Top eight. I'd say top would you, eight. Would you? Would you be disappointed? So, say for example, you went on the bachelorette with the goal of becoming the bachelor. Would you be disappointed if the bachelorette chose you? So then you were like kind of screwed out of the bachelor spot? Ah, I mean, it depends on what kind of woman we're talking about here. I mean, maybe she's a great lady and <laughs> I'm a hopeless romantic and cold cousin turns up in a Are suit you? with the ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get down on that knee in some yard in South Padre Island or whoever they do that stuff. I don't know. 
Good to know. I mean, Palm trees just lightly swaying in the background. White sandy beaches beneath right your feet. Into the sunset. I, I need this to happen so badly. We got. I feel All like right, how do the we combined do this? power of this of the people on this. Have Zoom you ever call. have you ever set in a uh, sent in like an audition tape for the Bachelorette? No, of course not. Well, no. Oh. So James, so James, the I'm pro- still a dedicated racing driver. Like I want well, to be a also, driver. Also, not to also say you can't do both. The, the time. No, you can't because the you time can't. of when the Bachelor slash Bachelorette's filmed is like during the race season. So like you can't. When yep. do they film? Like April to July. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that hurts. And it, it's that hurts it's, sure. it's minimum three months. Like minimum three months. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. No, so, I mean Tim could do it. I could, I could definitely do it. But I'd have for, to start on the Bachelorette. They're and... looking for unemployed single fathers. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I, if I had to start on the Bachelorette, me competing with 15 guys for one girl sounds like every time I try to pick up a girl at a bar. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> like I have been practicing for that my entire life. Yeah, but I mean, the goal is to actually win. So oh, I mean, you've yeah, been no, practicing. Been yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You'll no. be very good at finishing 14th. <laughs> I, I, my, drinks, I'll be though. America's favorite. Free drinks, though. There you go. Um, so, non bachelor related, Connor, you had a pretty good season. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, it was a season. Uh, thank you got your first poll. You had more uh, polls yeah. than James and I. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no thank you it was great uh just nice to be able to come back and do it again i think all of us were a little bit uh you know sad that we didn't go, get to go to certain venues and see the fans and interact with people so um definitely want to get back to a normal race season or at least closer to normal because obviously who knows what's going to happen um but yeah man i'm uh only where i am because of the u.s air force so it's pretty cool to be a part of that that program again and you yeah, get to you come back to the same team again. Like, this has got to be kind of weird. You're now consistency is becoming more normal than inconsistency, which is new for you or new-ish for you. Yeah, it's great. I mean, right now, you know, we've only got the deal with ECR, but I hope to do the deal with Carlin again as well to do the ovals for those guys, um, which would be awesome. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, consistency is key for sure. Uh, I, I think we're going to have um, – you know, a pretty, pretty impressive group of people at ECR again next year, which is going to be great. And Renus is obviously a good teammate, very fast driver. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, obviously the stuff at Carlin was, 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 was fantastic as well. So would love to get that deal done again, uh, to come back there. So I can't complain at all. It's been very nice. I mean, it's taken a few more years than I expected to get to this point. I'm 29 years old and, uh, you know, finally have a bit of consistency in my life, but uh, better late than never. Well, that's that's so Connor, awesome. Man. How how are you spending your off season? Are you uh, are you are you twitching a lot? I know at the start of this pandemic when everybody was locked down. Well, let's not talk about that. Let's. I kind of want to not touch on that because I'm really hoping to chop it off before anybody really sees it. But no, I mean, are you uh, are you are you heavy into the gaming stuff still? Are you doing a lot of that? Yes, the Twitchosphere is uh, an incredible side hustle. I enjoy interacting with people on there. I enjoy playing video games. Uh, it's been, uh, something that has been oddly well supported, uh, which is cool. And it's, it gives me something to do, but honestly, it becomes like a job. Like you got to do it more for like it to be profitable or it to be, you know, continuously growing. So, uh, you know, it ends up being, uh, you know, 
pretty uh pretty busy like it's a busy schedule and you when you get when you stream you're streaming for like two to four hours like it, it it takes up you know a lot of your time and it's 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 a lot of fun though at the same time and um and yeah i mean that that's all i've been doing is just training and and figuring out how to be a uh, a more entertaining video game player which is um the most 2020 thing i think ever but now we're in 2021 keeping it rolling well dude it's i mean it's there's like a certain skill to it. And I think that for <laughs> you have it. Um, I don't think James and I do. So it's good that you're able to actually capitalize on what's a very strange set of circumstances. It's actually like allowing video game players to make money. I mean, I think it's something to be proud of the same as these YouTube creators who are making millions of dollars doing reaction videos or whatever. Like it's, it's amazing where the money for marketing is going these days. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, if you can do it, that's awesome. Yeah, well, dude, you're you tapping got, into an industry that's much bigger than I mean, I would say motorsports globally. Yep. Like you can you can combine Correct. them all. It doesn't matter what series we're talking about. So this is this is an awesome avenue that you're getting to uh, to sort of explore. And I mean, you know, the hope is with all the stuff that we do outside the realm of motorsports is that there's a there's a tie in effect of bringing some of that fan base maybe into the racing world. Well, I think oddly enough, the, the, when you talk money on like the top streamers in twitch and you look at money in professional sports you go like nfl nba mlb those we know those guys are making a lot of money twitch is right there i mean you got people really? that are making a absurd amount of money you know being just entertaining personalities and i i think that's you know that that's something that's pretty cool i mean and to be honest like you guys have this podcast. Like I have a Twitch channel. Like that's like, this is something that you guys have developed. That's gone. Yeah. Really but your well. Twitch channel makes money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> our, our, our podcast think... would make money if Tim would do his job. Quite yeah, honestly. Yeah. That's fair. That's valid. Well, as they say in racing, the potential is there. Right. And that's <laughs> what's very important. And for me, like that it's, it's something that has been, that I had access to that I, that I had been doing just kind of like for fun, hoping that it would take off and, you know, the pandemic helped it take off, oddly enough. Uh, and, you know, it's something that for sure helps with the U.S. Air Force. It helps with my partners that are involved. It helps with, hopefully, the youth that we need to attract to our sport. So like, how, how many people, like, on average are on your, your stream? And, like, what what is the number difference between when you're, like, playing Call of Duty or iRacing? Do you, do you have that or...? Yeah, I mean, racing is 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 much more like racing for sure. It'll be 180 to 200 viewers at a time, whatever. Call of Duty, it's like 40 to 80, which okay. is honestly fine for me because like if if I look at the Twitch website like right now, like high viewership is maybe 500 viewers, right? Like that's like right now on the people that I follow on Twitch, there's like eight people online, and number four on the list has 500 viewers. So like it's it's a it's an interesting group like the you, you think if we look at youtube you're like oh well that video had a million views like that's a lot of views or like if someone's watching something live it's not as much as as like a video that can just be played sure. back or whatever like the highest the most active streamer in the world like nick Merckx right now has sixty six thousand viewers and you're like well that's not that many people right. but it is like it and and it's and it's an active community that like is like fully engaged and like commenting and like donating and doing whatever and so like the numbers don't sound as powerful as as they are so what makes what makes 
Nick, who I don't even know who he is or never heard of him before. That just shows the age um, that <laughs> I guess I'm at in my life. But like, you're one of the funniest people I think a lot of of people I know have met. What makes him so unique? Why does he have 66,000 people at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday tuning in? Like, why is he so special? Well, I mean, he's very good, first of all. Like, like I'm not as good as, like, these people. Like, he's very skilled. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that's wild what you're doing. But he's also good, like, good, good at the game, you mean? Like, good at good what at he's games. playing? Yeah, good okay, at okay. Any, sh- any shooter, any game. Like, Call of Duty right, right. now is popular, right? But he's also very entertaining. Like, I think he's hilarious. And, like, when him and his boys get in there – and like he'll go play with random people, and you know it'll they'll you know they'll freak out about who they're playing with, and he's like he's genuinely entertaining, and there's just something about that. It's the same with you know a couple of the most popular streamers is like they're entertaining, they're they're funny, like they they say the right things, they ask the right questions, they do the right. I mean, it's just it's like being a you know it's like being an entertainer, or being being you know, a good actor or a good whatever. It's like, it's like being a talk show host almost, but doing yeah. it while you're playing video games. Essentially. Yeah. And, you know, you can go off on, like, to be honest with you, I was watching a Nick Merck stream last week and for an hour, they were talking about cars, like him and his buddy. They don't know anything about cars, but they're talking about cars. They were watching videos of the fastest cars in the world. They had Juan Pablo Montoya driving the Bugatti, whatever it was, at 300 miles an hour. And they're like, oh, man, like Juan Pablo, this guy's like a legend. And they're just talking about cars for an hour and a half because they don't know anything about them. But they were, you know, they were like, oh, like the chat was telling them who to, you know, look at, like what cars to look at and all this stuff. Did you ask what rear geo they were running? I did not because (laughs) I don't pay pay to subscribe to him, so I can't comment. But yeah, I should have. I should have. So it's it's all about just being entertaining. Like that's like in a world of where people are constantly searching for forms of entertainment, you just got to be that electric personality. So I guess just on that note to kind of wrap things up, on you got everybody in IndyCar really liked listening to you during the iRacing stuff because of your commentary. Have we just been missing out? Like have your spotters or the people on your radio and actual IndyCars just been getting that for years and we had no idea? 100%. 100%. Honestly, I don't think so. I, I actually feel oh, like come a bit, on. No, I I actually my goal for twenty twenty one is to actually talk less on the radio because like I don't like I complain too much. I think about things because I I hate things that happen, and I'm just like I'm like you know what I'm gonna go ahead and back it down a little bit. But it's it's a very different commentary in real racing to the i. Hopefully, there's not a man and he was flying in real racing. Yeah, I don't say Less, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Hopefully. Great. So, well, thanks, Connor, for coming on. Um, I think that for the next couple of weeks, most everyone that follows IndyCar and The Bachelor is going to be trying to dissect who it could be um, that you invited on your Hawaii trip. I know that I got three messages from three different people asking <laughs> this person or that person. Um, so really? <laughs> none, of them, none of them were correct. Yeah, so, I've only I've got I've only seen about four or five people who have guessed correctly so far. So it's a lot. It's you know it's something that I I kind of want to eventually say, but you know what? We'll just see how far she makes it and then go from there. See, Connor, the I just is where it's at, man. I'm just asking for selfish reasons because going off of history, whoever it is, I'm probably going to date them in a couple of years. So I just need <laughs> to. <laughs> wow! Got that. Wow! Man, got that. And on that <laughs> bombshell. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Well, thanks, Connor. That was fun. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate it, man.
Yeah, no worries, Thanks guys. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Well, I mean, I think we said it before the interview started. Pretty much the most Connor Daly thing yeah, that could 100%. possibly happen. And and like and the fact only, that we couldn't we couldn't figure out which one of the girls that he booked a ticket to Hawaii for is, is fantastic. So the the only thing that would make it more Connor Daly is if there was another like racing driver slash friend of his that was currently the bad flitter. Yeah. And she was <laughs> she was now on it. I think that's the only thing that would make it more Connor. That is Daly. true. Yes. That is true. Well, uh, well, I mean, tune in next week because we're going to be keeping track of this uh, on how Connor's uh, former interest is doing on the Bachelor competition. Uh, we've officially survived 2020, made it to 2021, and a big part of that for us was all you guys listening. So thanks for the support over last year, and uh, we look forward to having another fun year with you guys here on Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And remember, if you have an UFO or alien sighting, please feel free to send it to the at Ask Off Track Twitter <laughs> or the email address. The email which address. Is... <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. I don't even remember. Never gets old. Never Thanks, gets old. <laughs> yeah, you don't even remember it. Happy New Year! Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Finn. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.